0: Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Wallrap.
1: Today we are speaking with Laurie Johnson, senior partner and personal stylist with Jay Hilburn Company. Laurie, welcome to CareerPod.
0: Thanks, Gary. I appreciate you inviting me to be on the program.
1: Okay. Well... I'd like to get started with uh, a little bit about your early life and educational preparation. Could you uh, reflect on that?
0: Sure. I have a, I have a very unique um, background in training. I kind of jumped all over the board when I first um, got out of high school. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. So I didn't go directly on to college. I started working immediately. While I was in high school, I was working in a women's retail clothing store, full service. They were honing me to manage the store. Okay. And that was my original training. It was in retail. I, did the, I was in the bridal department. I was in alterations. I was in um, uh, warehousing and distribution. I was up on the floor. I did some buying. I really learned every aspect of the retail world. And then I bounced to construction. <laughs> it was a 180. <laughs> that's and interesting. And that I'll get into that part yeah. of my story a little later. Okay. But as far as education,
2: yeah,
0: I have a bachelor of science degree in industrial technology. I have an associate's degree in business administration. And while in that industrial t- technology um, bachelor of science, I had an, um, a minor in residential architectural design. So that's my formal training. After that, I've been, for my over 20 years in business, been doing a ton of training in fashion design, fabric, style, um, body types, color analysis. I've, I've done the whole gamut of um, everything that has to do with your personal image.
1: Have you explained uh, you know, a little bit about your company's mission uh, and, and how you support that uh, in, in your role?
0: Sure. So Jay Olburn started with one mission, to guarantee fit and eliminate unnecessary markup for men. Um, There were two gentlemen, they were both um, uh, Wall Street guys, and they couldn't find clothes that fit, basically. And they thought there was a niche here, there was a void, and they set out to uh, re-engineer men's wear, to provide men with a custom-made wardrobe that fit. Uh, Fits his body, fits his personality, fits his lifestyle. So we engage directly at we as stylists, we engage directly with our clients. We invest in fabrics, factories, and the the personal stylist. And then we provide custom-made wardrobes in -in best-in-class prices. And the reason we can do that is because we don't have retail stores. We don't have large inventory. What we do, we're we're one off We work with the client directly. The stylist does. The corporation works with the with the mills in Italy. The factories in Portugal.
2: Wow. And then that's we combine
0: great. both of those and and create a custom wardrobe for our clients.
1: Laurie, one question, if I may, uh, it fascinates me the fact that um, you know. You're doing this at lower margins uh, and, you know, for obvious reasons. But could you just reflect on that?
0: Sure. Um, It's the way of the future. And this is part of the reason why I work with Jay Hilburn as they're the parent company that I work with. Yes. I'm an independent contractor. But what I saw in them is they saw the business model that, we're, we have small showrooms or meet with our clients. We've, we've reduced our margins greatly by not having that large inventory. And I saw that a long time ago. Okay. I saw that we were going to go to these smaller shops and get the experience of looking, smelling, tasting, maybe trying on a few few samples. But we're going to buy it online and it's going to be shipped to us. I saw that quite a while ago. and But I thought... I just do not have the means or wherewithal to do that on my own. So when I found Jay Hilburn, they were already thinking the same. They were, they had, they were already using that same contact, concept of the personal experience with a stylist and no going to the stores. Like most men don't like to shop. They don't like to go to the stores and they, and have it made. Yeah. So the back to the margins thing,
2: um,
0: that we've saved a ton of money by not having this ready-made product and hoping it's going to fit and hoping it's going to sell. We know it's going to fit because it's custom made for them. We know it's going to sell because we've already created this relationship with our client and asked them, what do you want? What do you like? What do you need?
1: Sure. A question pops up into my mind in terms of the fit. Uh, you deal with tailor you have tailors uh, on call people who can measure a particular um person to see what their uh, you know their, their numbers are their waist size and their length sure. that type of thing
0: each each personal stylist is trained before they meet with their clients okay. to um how to measure their self okay if we don't make the clothes we know how to measure and we know what alterations can be done and cannot be done. Um, The the fabric or the the measurements are sent to the factories and the factory cuts the clothes. In the beginning, there's a little bit of give and take until we get it perfectly. If there is a, a minor alteration that needs to be done, we do that locally with our local tailor connections. Ah, if it's good. a a major, uh, we've really missed the mark on a chest size on a jacket or something like that. We send it back to the factory and they do a whole new jacket for our, our and I'm just using jacket as an example for sure. our client.
1: Now, how do you uh, <laughs> secure clients? Uh, I know you have uh, showrooms uh, throughout the country. Uh But tell us a little bit about how that works.
0: The stylist is responsible for developing their own client base. Okay. We do that a number of ways. Everybody has their own personal way that they do it. Right. Uh, The way I do it primarily is through networking, in person, and through social media. Those are my two primary places where I get my client base from. When a stylist first starts out, she may tap into... Her, her friends her connections just you know more locally but then as she advances she'll start branching out into perhaps doing some presentations for companies on professional image or right. um, now that the new trend is, is business casual and we're all working from home so right. she may um, do a presentation or even a virtual uh, maybe something like we're doing a podcast
1: and right. from
0: that we develop clients.
1: That's great. I noticed you said she. Uh, are there any men who do what you do?
0: Oh, Thanks for asking that. And I'm sorry, I just used the that's female. A, that's okay. Um, eight, 80% of the, the Jay Hilburn's personal stylists are female. Okay. Uh, the other 20% are, are guys. And right. our guys do quite well with Jay Hilburn. And I think one of the reasons they do is they love clothes they right. lo- and they can wear the clothes. So they're walking models. <laughs> <laughs> I That's have a, a I have a stylist on my team. He's a great example of a Jay Hilburn male stylist. Right. By day he's a probation officer. Of all things. Yeah. His 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 side gig is a personal stylist with Jay Hilburn. The reason being he loves clothes. Yeah. So he's wearing the clothes. So he has guys walking up to him saying, hey, love that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that jacket? Where'd you get that tie? Where'd you yeah. get those pants? Right. How come your clothes fit so well? Yeah. So um, so guys do quite well with Jay Hilburn.
1: And, you know, also what comes to my mind over the last 20 or 30 years, uh, you know, what men wear has come into the limelight more. You know, at one point, you know, it was like you just, bought a suit from, you know, from Sears Roebuck or Montgomery Ward or wherever, you know, you bought a suit and it was okay, but it's come a long way now. Hasn't it?
0: The, the, when the men's wear market is on the rise. Okay. Um, more men are more interested in their appearance. Good. And, and I think part of that is because, and not that men were always interested in their appearance, it's, right. a, it's important, it's right. an important part of all of us, right? Um, it's important to your success. I have tons of examples of that. Um, but and uh, and studies I've been reading, I, I wish I had the numbers in front of me that um, menswear is increasing more rapidly than women's wear in sales right now.
1: Wonderful, so um. The process again if we can just go back circle back into that I think you've covered it but uh, what comes to my mind is they're measured you go to the factory the factory delivers the product is that directly to the man or are you is it delivered to you and also do you visit the man after he tries on his, his new garments
0: um Yes, the process say, okay, we've 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 measured, we know what he wants, we've right. placed the order. It's now come back. Right. It goes to our um, Jay Hilburn's corporate warehouse in Dallas. Okay. And from or it's shipped directly from our manufacturers overseas.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, directly to me or it's shipped directly to the client. Right. There's there's three ways that that happens. Typically, when I first or any stylist starts working with the client, if possible, he or she would like to deliver the first product, no matter what it is, if it's shorts and a polo or if it's a suit, because we want to make sure that the fit is right. Once we get that fit nailed, that his numbers are always going to be in the computer. So he can go on to the computer himself and the computer will grab his measurements and say he wants a new pair of pants or he wants a new polo or right. um, some new shorts for the summer, it's going to pull those measurements, cut the clothes, and it will ship directly to him. Yeah. So, so I, some of my clients I never see, some of my clients I see on a regular basis. It's all personal um, how they would like to work with the stylist. Sure. Uh,
1: as a man who uh, I was in traditional corporate. Uh, now I'm, I'm a little bit more into a relaxed mode, but, um, I personally would like to meet with a stylist so that he or she can really sense even sort of the personality and could recommend certain colors. Uh, Cause sometimes, uh, I think color is, is a big issue, a bigger issue with men, uh, a little thing i learned a while back was uh, if you have your your belt should match the color of your shoes pretty much you know and uh and i think some of those little little pieces like that uh, can really make the difference
0: i totally agree um a lot of and a lot of those rules are 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 out the window making yes. it even harder Yeah. okay you buy a black pair of shoes black belt black um, briefcase you were set to go <laughs> now oh we've got cordovan shoes and uh english tan belts and <laughs> right, right. this, this times have changed however um i oh, don't know i've lost my train of thought on on what your original question was oh color yeah um many of my clients and more so this is more for with men yes. They're colorblind okay they can't see color so I have wow. clients who cannot see color at all. They'll argue, argue with me. No, it's blue. It's, and I say it's blue and they say it's black. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> so what I do for them is one of two things. I either put the, the coordinated outfit together and that's how they're going to wear it. Period. They're not going to deviate from the norm. We're going to hang it on the hanger that way. The whole thing together. That's what they're going to wear. Okay. Or I've had guys, you know, they want to mix it up a little bit. Right. I will write on the tag one, two, three, four, all the number ones go with all the number ones. You know, it's kind of like um, the children's line, Granimal. Okay. And I've been told I need to develop uh, a line for adult men with hammers and computers instead of tigers and, uh <laughs> ah. puppy dogs <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic so that's what i do i and because and so i'll use numbers that's ones a- go with ones twos go with twos or and i we also i'll stay in the same color range so everything matches everything else in the wardrobe you'll get more to wear less clothes in the closet and you'll feel confident pulling i can pull this with this and this and it all looks good
1: right uh a typical client who's been a good customer, how often will you go back in and have another meeting or, you know, maybe a style has changed or maybe he's gained 10 pounds, uh, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So how often would you visit that client?
0: Um, I try to check in with my clients monthly or at least quarterly. Okay. Some guys buy seasonally. They want a new spring wardrobe, a fall wardrobe, right. and maybe something for the holidays. Other other guys want to know what's new, what what's current. Sure, what's, sure. You know, what what do you have? What, when we come out with um, four to six uh, collections per year, so there's always something new happening at J. Hilburn for me to share with them, and yeah. the corporate office also sends them push emails to share with them what's new. Some of my clients are their weight changes regularly. Um, They're up and down. We're coming into... cookout season where there's a lot of burgers and beer and their weight will go up or, <laughs> yeah, or good one. Uh, my clients now, because we've all been sheltered in place with the coronavirus. Yeah. Some of my clients have lost a lot of weight because they're not doing client lunches. They're not doing business after hours. They're not traveling. Okay. Other of my clients are gaining weight because they're sitting at home and there's the kitchen and the refrigerator is, is right there next to their new office. <laughs> um, and good. so Yes, yeah, so that um, it that it's it's always changing, and a good client for me is a guy whose weight fluctuates, believe it or not, because he's always needs to buy new clothes. Sure, Lori, you mentioned COVID nineteen, and
1: today we're in the midst midst of it. I have to have to tell you, and uh, how has COVID nineteen impacted the, your product offerings?
0: Um, a few years ago, Jay Hilburn started developing working virtually with our clients, Um, being able to do um, fittings. And they developed a tape technology. It's a proprietary technology where they have been collecting data for the last 11 years of guys' measurements. Okay. So when we, we can't meet now, I can't measure guys. The, The social distancing of six, doesn't allow me to measure a new client. Okay. But what I can do is I can have a conversation with that gentleman and ask him some questions about how he likes his clothes to fit, what his current sizes are off the rack. We can measure some of his clothes long distance. Something, say you have a shirt that fits you well, let's let's measure it. I'll explain to you what to do virtually. And we put those numbers into the system and it the tape technology bounces out. His measurements. We've also uh, been doing quite a bit of training lately on virtual consultations and how to conduct them. Um, I, we're also doing training on what looks best for all your your video conferencing and for your, your Zoom calls. Sure. And uh, we've really taken on, we've, we've started a few years ago before this shelter in place and this shelter in place just pushed that forward dramatically.
1: Sure, the guy could uh, wear, it's what's up top. It's important. He can wear his running shorts and, and still do a meeting on on Zoom as long as he has a nice uh, casual sweater, so that type take of a, thing. Take
0: a look at my LinkedIn. Take a look at my, my past posts for LinkedIn. I yeah. asked some of my clients to um, just share with me okay. what they're wearing, uh, What you know, uh, business on the top. Uh, casual on the bottom. I've got some really funny ones. Take a look at my LinkedIn profile. And you'll see, it's Lori B. Johnson. You'll see some fun ones in my past feed. Sure.
1: Well, uh, Lori, what is the most satisfying part of your job?
0: The most satisfying part of my business is helping. It's, It's my calling in life, and it's to help others feel good about themselves to increase their self esteem and ultimately increase their success in whatever they do. And I, I use the tool of their first impression their what they're wearing to achieve that. I do that with my guys selling them clothes. I also do that with my team of stylists, helping them develop their businesses. Okay. It's been my passion since I was a young girl. You know, what comes to
1: mind is, uh, uh, first impressions, you know, the, the obvious uh, thing is you you, you know if you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. But also, there's a book that came out about ten years ago called Blink, and what Blink talks about is the first when you look at someone, the the immediate first impression you get uh, is very powerful, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> But uh, it's there, and you have to deal with it.
0: I have so many stories regarding that. Yeah, um, how changing just what you're wearing changes how people treat you. Okay. Um, I have a client. He he um, he tells me he always wears a, a suit when he travels for business. Right, always yeah. has that suit on, and he'll go right to the uh, the price right up to the desk in the priority line when he's not even a priority member. And they'll just say, yes, sir. I'm sorry, I don't see your name here, but I'm sure, you know, everything... <laughs> because he's wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So, yes. And it, it's all about perception. It's it's all about um, it, it, what the mind's eye sees.
1: You deal with that. That's, that's very interesting, Laurie. Uh, in terms of the flip side of, of the satisfying parts of your job, um, just reflect a little bit about uh, things that can be frustrating for you.
0: The frustrating part of what we do is um, scheduling and communication. Okay. Um, with my clients, uh, th- these guys are busy professionals. They've got work responsibilities. They've got a family. They've, they've got you know the their other interests the last thing on their mind is their clothes. <laughs> okay. So, well, well said. So, I, yeah. Yeah. so I, I'm oftentimes rescheduling and it's hard sometimes to communicate with them because they're busy.
2: Yeah. It's,
0: you know, they, it's not that they're, they're putting me off where they don't want to talk to me. They're just busy. Yeah. So that is sometimes a little bit frustrating.
1: I understand. Uh, so, if someone who's uh, listening to this podcast was sort of uh, interested and likes the field that you've explained to them, uh, what pieces of advice would you give them if they're considering, you know, breaking into this field?
0: I would say go for your passion. Okay. If you um, if you are the type of person, and this is this is some of the 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 um, people who are successful within the J. Hilburn. Yeah, um, personal stylist business. It's the it's the entrepreneur. It's the person who is um, self motivated and wants to um, develop their own business. Okay. It's the person who needs a flexible schedule. Perhaps it's the power mom who um, she she's got her children's responsibilities and can't do the corporate. Um, job that she has currently right she's most of our stylists they they have a college education or or something similar and then they've life happens children happen and they need a a more flexible schedule it's it's the millennial it's the person who wants the the um they want to be independent they don't want to be working for somebody else it's the second career the person who has uh, they've already they've done that whole career thing. Now they're just looking for something fun to do, yes. something maybe for some extra income, something to keep them active in meeting with people.
1: Someone who is a mid-careerist person who maybe wants to leave corporate life can look, look to this career and say, hey, that's something I, I really like. I've always liked clothes, and I'm, I'm pretty
0: entrepreneurial. So, And right now, I'm still working where so many people are laid off because they have to be at their job. Right. Um, They have to be in that physical space. And that's not possible right now because of the, the um, shelter in place. Whereas I'm still working. I, I I have been moving right along through the entire um, shelter in place. We can work from anywhere. I can go on uh, a vacation to Maine and still take a couple hours during my week and work. Uh, and it's, you know, nobody knows I'm on my, my vacation mm-hmm. in Maine because I'm working right. uh, from my laptop. Sure. So I can, I can change my environment daily if I so choose and work from anywhere.
1: Yes. that's a- so, And
0: that's, that's very flexible and, and um, very, and also we determine our own income. We're not. It's, there's not a set salary. There is not raises based on seniority or favoritism. You create your own um, destiny. You create your own income. So that is very attractive to people as well. That somebody else isn't going to tell them this is what you're going to make and you're going to get a three percent raise after a year to do a good job. Yeah. Well. Put. You. Yeah. You. Yes. Yeah. You. You determine how much money you want to make. And then I can teach you and, and show you what you're going to need to do to make that. It's really, it's really easy. There's, there's, um, it's not that hard to do.
1: Okay. Uh, Laurie. in terms of interesting or funny or exciting stories uh, that you've, uh, you've experienced along the way, do you have anything that stands out in your mind?
0: I, I started in the beginning by telling you that I, I did not, I, I was I did not go the traditional right. high school college, um, and part of my my story is is um, extremely exceptional. Whereas I got right out of high school and I started working construction in the field. Right. Um, I was the only woman on the construction site. I for a time was the first woman, boiler maker, welder. Boilermaker is like an iron worker. Okay. Welder on a very large construction site for Bechtel construction company. who We all know because they, they were on, um, they built the, the big dig here in Boston. Sure. So, um, uh, so I went from uh, working in a women's retail store to working in very large construction. I traveled around. I worked in Louisiana working on a, a nuclear power plant. Yeah. I worked, in um, Michigan, building a pelletizing processing plant for, and the Louisiana was with Stone and Webster, another big engineering company from Boston. And then I went to college. Then I got my degree five years after um, working some construction on my own. So, and I tell people that part of my story, because I want kids to know that it's okay if they don't want to go to college right after high school, if they're not ready. I wasn't ready. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. So I went out and got some work experience. And then when I was ready, when I knew or thought I knew, because the end of my story is I'm full circle right back into retail, my passion, what I love working with clothes. But it, so, but the whole moral of that and the whole, um, exciting experience of that as I traveled around working construction I learned uh, in college and then found what I really wanted to do was what I was doing when I was back in high school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it comes full cycle and and also on your point, uh, there's such pressure on high school students today to uh, get into college not only to get into college but then we get into the get into the better schools, the best school. And, you know, I've heard so many personal stories that really uh, sort of go against that in the sense that I know a lot of people who've been very successful and they've had a number of early experiences. And certainly uh, it sounds like that's the case for you in, in the construction industry of all things. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to ask one final question, Laurie. Uh, What role, if any, has luck, either good luck or bad luck, played in your career?
0: You know, I don't consider myself lucky. I really um, have worked hard and passionate about all my successes in business and in life. I don't think any of it was luck. I think the better word for me is tenacity. It didn't matter what I was doing, right. what my goal was, what I what I wanted. It was that I didn't give up. I wasn't lucky with any of it. I was okay. tenacious. <laughs> so yeah. in my world, tenacity replaces luck. <laughs> okay. That's
1: that's a great view. Uh, I'll play the devil's advocate with you though. Uh, your tenaciousness and persistence. Uh, uh, you know, is great, but along the way, have there been any times when you say, well, I'm being persistent, but there's a time to quit? You know, there's a time to change or move on.
0: Oh, absolutely. I don't know that anybody has changed more career in their careers than I have. Good point. There's, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been um, many times, many places that I've lived, many circumstances I've gotten my in myself into when I realized, um, I'm not happy. Yeah. For example, I was, um, I CAD computer aided design was just coming into play and I just took to that yeah. very easily. I got quite good at it and I, I was sought after. I moved from company to company to company, like every two years and got big increases in my income right. because I did that and I was, um, very good at it but I was extremely unhappy to the point where I was making myself physically sick. Sure. And my doctors and physical therapists said, you have to change something about your life. We can't, we can't help you. It was migraines. There was, um, physical, um, neck problems. If there's something in your life, that's not right. So that's when I looked back and said, okay, when was I happy? What was I doing? where how did I what what in my life is my passion and that's when I decided to become an image consultant 20 years ago and when I came home and told my husband I'm quitting my high-paying engineering job and I'm going to be an image consultant he said what the heck is that
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a great story and and you've had you've explained so many positive things about uh, about your profession. Laurie. once again, I thank you very much for your participation in CareerPod. And uh, we wish you
0: continued
1: success in, in your exciting career.
0: Thank you, Gary. I, I really appreciated being invited on to CareerPod. And I hope in some way I can help somebody else with their career.